Will you turn with me now, as we carry in worship, to the book of Acts, chapter 22, at verse 9. The book of Acts, chapter 22, at verse 9. And they that were with me saw indeed the light and were afraid. But they heard not the voice of him that spake to me. Each word. But they heard not the voice of him that spake to me. You know, it is strange. that uh, it could be like that. Tell a traveler on the road sharing the same journey and with the same purpose but it turned out to mean very little to something. It's still hard. Two people going together to church. They sit in the same pew, join in the same singing, bow in the same prayer, and hear the same sermon. To one, it is just another service. Another hour in church. But it means little more than that. To the other, it is as light from the dead. Why should it be nothing to one and everything to the other? You see, that's what happened to Paul and his fellow travelers. And Paul never ceased to ponder on the strange fact. He mentioned it several times. They all took the same road from Jerusalem. They all went on the same mission to Damascus. They were all bound for the same destination. To one lot. It was just a day's journey. To the other, it was the beginning of all things. The beginning of a new life, a new existence, a new destiny. What should have made the difference? What could have made the difference between Paul and his fellow travelers? Well, he tells us himself. But, he said, that was a turning point. Up to that moment, they had everything in common. But they heard not the voice of him that spake to me. That was the great divide between them. 
that work for that really party company completely. They shared such a lot, but they shared not the voice of him that spake to me. Now let us ponder it for a minute or two. For this journey of Paul from Jerusalem to Damascus is perhaps the greatest, the second greatest journey ever undertaken on this earth. The first being the journey of Jesus from Galilee to Jerusalem to die. Next to that, in its impact on the human story, on human history, there was a journey of Saul from Jerusalem to Damascus. Now let us then try and sort out in the simplest way possible the difference really between Paul or Saul that day and his fellow travelers. Well, let me put it like this. First, they heard a noise. He heard a voice. Different? Yes. It is clear that they all held, heard something out of the ordinary. To them it was like a clap of thunder. Perhaps a deafening peal of thunder. But to Paul, it was a voice. The thunder cleared up into a voice that spoke to him directly and by name and singled him out from his fellow travellers and dealt with him as if he was the only man on the road that day. They heard not the voice of him that spake to me. Strange, they all heard a noise. In the heart of it, Paul heard a still, small voice speaking to him by name, Saul, Saul. And it spoke to him in his mother's tongue. It was intelligible not only to his mind, but to his heart. For if you want to reach a fellow's heart, speak to him in the language of his youth. The tongue that was heard spoken at his mother's knee. The language of home and of worship. Stirring up memories that were sacred. Reviving things that he thought had gone. This voice touched him deeply. It spoke in his mother tongue. 
And it also questioned him. You see, it not only stirred his heart, but it pricked his conscience by asking him a challenging question. Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? A voice to his conscience, searching his motives, questioning his reasons, asking him why he was trying to escape from himself as well as from the one who was speaking to him. For Saul had been just a few short weeks before at a strange scene the death of a disciple of Jesus, Stephen. And Paul took part in the stone. He held the clothes of the young man that stoned him to show that he was in full agreement with it. And then he went back home. But he could not get rid of it. It followed him. He was in the grip of something that he couldn't shake off. And that was perhaps what spurred him to go to Damascus uh, to persecute the disciples of Jesus to drown the voice of conscience within him like a wolf that has tasted blood. He sprang on a Christian foe just to drown the voice within him. He was in the grave of something, of somebody, and he couldn't shake it off. And now, here is somebody from the unseen asking him to consider why, why are you persecuting me? The voice then was intelligible. It was a voice that could be understood and felt a voice that hurt. It hurt, for it questioned him deeply within. Now that is what makes a difference between one person in church and another. To one it is only the familiar noise of a service. Pretty meaningless. Yes, you'll be amazed how meaningless. It doesn't call them by name. It doesn't stir their hearts. It does not prick their consciences. It doesn't concern them deeply. They come and go and forget about it. But to somebody, it's a voice. It's somebody speaking clearly and intelligibly. There's no mistaking what he says. It's his mother tongue. It stirs deeply. And it stirs 
the moral consciousness within. Friend, that makes a difference. To one, it was a noise. To the other, it was a voice. Let me carry on though. There was this difference too. They saw a light, but Saul saw a face. And they that were with me saw indeed the light, and they were afraid. They saw, I see that, a flash of lightning of unusual brilliance, brighter than the sun at noonday, too brilliant to look at, but as Paul says, but hearing no man, seeing no man, he says. That was all a flash, an outburst of lightning. Brilliant, yes, blinding, yes. But as Paul saw in the light so clearly that he could never forget it, and it was imprinted upon his consciousness forever, he saw a face. In the midst of it all, at the heart of it all, there was a personal transaction. Someone stooped over him as he lay prostrate in the dust and introduced himself, saying, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. The two met face to face, and Paul never, never could forget that it was a personal transaction between himself and another. Have I, he said, not seen the Lord? He never doubted it. It was engraven on his consciousness so that death could not eradicate it. He couldn't forget the majesty of that face. For Jesus told him that he was sinning against him. And Paul Put out of it. Who art thou, Lord? I am Jesus. And he added again, Whom thou persecutest, Saul is against me. The difference, the quarrel, is between me and you. We have to settle it alone. Don't think for a moment that it's these persecuted Christians 
who are scattered like chaff before the wind, don't think it's them you are after. No, no. It's against me. You saw me. You met me that day when you saw the light in Stephen's face. And I never let you go. Had a hold of you from that day till now. And here I am. I must settle this matter with you now. And Paul looked into the face of the one he had wronged. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned, he cried. And uh, there was wondrous grace in it too. I am, he said, Jesus. Ah, that was the name of the one who went to the cross to die. That's the name that Saul didn't like because it stood for grace and not for his own goodness. It meant the shedding of blood for the forgiveness of the sinner, and he didn't like it. And now, from the outburst of glory, Jesus introduces himself as the Christ of Calvary. And Paul thought that he had put Calvary behind him. He wanted to forget something that offended his pride, scandalized his Pharisaic hypocrisy. But the cross met him on the road, stopped him, and the one who died in Calvary introduced himself and said, I am Jesus. And uh, there was a wonderful compassion in it too. For he said to him, Saul, it is hard. Hard for me to be persecuted like this. Oh no, it is hard for you to kick against the prick. You know, the prick was the stick that the mule driver had with a nail at the end. And when the team of mules was lagging behind, he just pronged them with the nail. And when they kicked back, the nail went deeper into their flesh. They hurt themselves. That's a figure that Jesus uses. And he said, Paul, it is hard for you to go on kicking against my goal. Christ had him bridled since that day that Stephen died and Paul was kicking, kicking against it. And the Lord said to him, Saul, it is hard for you. It hurts. You are wronging your own soul. Friend, they saw a light, but he saw a place. 
And that is what makes church and the service and the sermon different. You've got an introduction from Jesus to himself. It's a personal religion you get. It's in a person you get it that day. And all the transformation. You go back to that spot and say, Why? He told me who he was. He unveiled his countenance to me. I met him face to face. And that is imprinted on your soul eternally. You met your Savior. That's what makes it different. There is one thing else I wish to say it is this. They all felt a strange power. But Saul felt a hand gripping him. Power, yes, for they all fell from their horses. We all, they that were with me, they all fell to the ground, he says elsewhere. They all fell to the ground. It was mysterious, wasn't it? They were accustomed to riding strong in the saddle. Uh, but they, some other, they lost control. They fell off their horses by the roadside. It was mysterious. They must have been puzzled what it was. But Saul felt a warm, tight clasp. Somebody gripped And he afterwards spoke about it and said, I was apprehended of Christ Jesus. That's a prison word, a police word. I was apprehended of Christ Jesus. He was arrested. The strong hand of the law gripped him. And from that day, he felt his life in that grip. It never let him go. That's what made a difference. To others, it was a power that fell them, humbled them, put them in the dust. But to Paul, it was a hand that took hold of him and lifted him up. Took hold of him first in its purpose. The voice said to him, Saul, I have appeared unto thee for this purpose to make thee a minister and a witness. Mind you, nothing haphazard, nothing accidental about it. A, a divine purpose gripped him tightly. And then he was gripped by a mission 
to the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee. There was no evading the blueprint of that mission. Everything had been marked out already. And he was gripped by a passion within to surrender his will to yield his life to devote and consecrate his whole ambition to fulfill the purpose that gripped him that day. Listen, that I may apprehend that for which also I was apprehended of Christ Jesus. That was his ambition. I follow after that I may apprehend that for which I was apprehended. Friend, that's it. Paul felt a hand going round him, taking hold of him and keeping him in its purpose, in its mission, in its own passion to redeem men. And from that moment he said, I am the bond slave of Jesus Christ. The bond slave. I count all things, but not that I may win his approval, his well done at the last. That made a difference. There is no doubt at all that you and I may be humbled under the gospel. We may for a moment fall from a perch and are struck down. But nothing grips us. Nothing grips us. And we are not held fast by the encircling power of a Savior. That makes a difference. Saul was. Now if I can take it back to the after days, these fellow travelers went home and they no doubt their friends asked them, how did it go with you? And they said, well, it was a strange journey right enough. We are caught in a terrible storm, a thunderstorm. And uh, there was a brilliant flash of lightning. We never saw anything like it before. As a matter of fact, we were terribly afraid. We fell off our horses. And we were there by the roadside, terrified. It didn't last long, but oh, it was really a frightening experience. Yes, and it faded out. Just a thunderstorm, that's all. The years rolled, and twenty years after, Paul stood in a distinguished company 
before the Roman governor Festus and King Agrippa, and he was being put on his defense. He told his story simply, sincerely. Then he looked Agrippa in the eye and said, Wherefore, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient under the heavenly vision. It was as heavenly then as it was twenty years before. Just as heavenly. He knew eternity had been down at a time. Heaven came to earth. The divine Lord had caught that day. The Lord, even Jesus, who appeared unto me in the way. What a strange testament. The Lord, even Jesus, who appeared unto me in the way. That a Christian made, made, made for eternity. Well, friend, far be it for me to set myself on a pinnacle and say I am different. But I do know that there are some in this little congregation and they are different because they heard a voice speaking to them personally. And they were introduced to a Savior. And they felt his hand gripping their lives and holding fast, holding them fast. And they are different ever since and ever shall be. That's a Christian. And fellow travelers come and go. They claim the labor of a church and a denomination. They go to a service, but if all fades out, they've never met the Savior face to face. Oh, rest not content till you hear him speaking to you, introducing himself, and taking hold of you in his divine purpose as your Lord and your Savior. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, speak thy word tonight. Let each of us hear his own name. And let thy voice stir heart and mind and conscience. And oh, in the light of the gospel, May we see the face of our Savior. And when we are helpless in the dust, may we feel his hand gripping us and taking us up and using us for his divine service. Lord Jesus, take us and make us what thou hast have us be 
what I need to see. Amen.